God today, tomorrow, forever. And He is the God of miracles. So Lord, right now we pray in the name of Jesus. It's in Him that we have everything. Father, we thank You for giving us everything that we need. Most of all, Father, You. We need You. So Lord, that's just not preachy words or just something. Father, in our hearts, in our minds, most of us in this room and maybe some watching know that we need You. So Lord, I pray that through the rest of this time that we have together that You stay here with us. Lord, that You teach us, lead us, guide us, direct us. Whether we're in this room or in the adjoining classrooms, Father, on this property and those who are listening and watching, Father, please impart wisdom, knowledge, understanding that we don't have, but we need. Father, thank You in Jesus' name for all that You are doing and all that You're about to do. And thank You for the miracle of wellness and health and healing. Father, bring healing to our mortal bodies as we believe in You and trust in You. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, I'm going to start off in a, a, uh, with a scripture, one of them that we ended up with last week. So, I'm going to be firing a bunch of scriptures at you. Some of them are going to be up on the screen, some won't. I would that you would just write them down or, or make some notes so that you could you know, check it out. The ones that are on the screen, I assure you, they're cut and pasted. I didn't do any variation or anything. But for your added context, I want to encourage you to you know, check, it, check it out. Don't take my word for anything. Amen? Okay, so last week, one of the scriptures that we were in was Galatians 4, beginning in verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. Adoption as sons or children, sons and daughters. And verse 6, look at it with me. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, you've heard it from me, and you've heard it from many others. This is, uh, that Abba is an Aramaic word. It's, it's a term of affection. Not just that God is somehow a biological father to us, but He is our daddy. Some people get offended when I use that word, but if, I'll guarantee you that you know, before we get out of this service, before we break this building, those two twins are going to refer to Mitch as daddy. They know him as daddy. So any of my critics who want to criticize me for using that term, I want you to know that my father is my daddy. My God in heaven is not just somebody who fathered me and who is off in the distance waiting to see how I do. My God is my daddy. He's with me each and every day. Amen. He's not distant. He's with me. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son and a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir of God through Christ. We are heirs of God through Christ. I don't know about you. I mean, you know, I I tease my sons and, you know, know, there's not a whole lot to the DeSanto estate, but whatever we have, it's yours. (laughs) When me and Michelle cross the creek, if the Lord doesn't come back and take us all, it's yours. Yippee! <laughs> but you understand, and the reason why I'm not trying to make light, but it's, it, you understand that our Father owns it all. And so we won't lack anything. We don't now. Amen. Our Father owns it all. It's all His to give. It's all His. But He says that we are heirs with Christ. Amen? Amen. 
This is huge. This is awesome. Romans 8, beginning in verse 16. The Spirit Himself, capital S, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. This is important stuff. I love this. You should love it too. Everything that we need and all of this fullness of God we have. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Amen? Look at Galatians with me in chapter 3 verse 7. Therefore, know that only those who are faith of the Son... I'm sorry. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. Did you see that? All nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So remember, when we look at Abraham's life, he, he was totally blessed. He had everything that God promised him, he, uh, he received, and he was blessed on the earth. Amen? Amen. I don't, I, you don't walk into the wrong church this morning. That's pretty good stuff. All right. So, and most, I, I will tell you, I'm sharing this with you, most churches, you know, build their congregations on this stuff. It's about the blessing. It's about how, right? Come on. Okay, let's, let's just go forward. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19. And twenty, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who preached, who's, who was preached among you by us, by me, Salvanus Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. Look at this with me. For all the promises of God in Jesus, in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Do you see that? That's reestablishing or reaffirming that the blessing of Abraham. It's not maybe. It's yes. The blessings of Abraham are upon us who are grafted in by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? So all of those bodily blessings, all of the spiritual blessings, all of those things, they're ours to have. Amen? Again, I I know that people will say, well, you know, Tony fell on his head. That's not what we, we don't preach to prosper. Just hang in there. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the, watch this, but trust in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Does it sound like God wants all of us to be paupers, scraping by and just barely getting by, and that shows piety? Of course not. No. Absolutely not. Philippians 4, and I'm going to jump down, uh, I'm going to skip a couple of verses, just hang with me. In Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Have joy and express joy. Be be joyful. Let that be the attitude of your heart, what's inside of you. Amen? Okay, then jumping down to verse 6. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Do you see this? We can have joy and peace. Those things are provided for us. Not when we get up there, right now. How many of you want to have joy and peace? Amen. Amen. And have all of the things that, all of the blessings that were Abraham's, all of those promises are ours. Joy and peace are ours. And not just anything, a joy that's unspeakable, filled with glory. 
peace that passes that humans can't understand. So the thing that, and, and you know, the next scripture is First Peter eighteen. Though now you need not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's First Peter eighteen, one eighteen, oh, or one eight. Excuse me. So my brothers and sisters, are, are you are you catching this just a little bit? I mean, we Christians, if we're born again, if we truly believe, we should be among the most blessed, happy, rejoicing, peaceful people. Is, is it according to Scripture? Am I going sideways here? Awesome that we should not be begging bread. Doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to be rich uh, according to Bill Gates' standards or Elon Musk or, or you know, just name whoever, whatever millionaire. Doesn't mean that we're going to be millionaires, but, but, but what it does mean is that we won't have to be begging bread. God will provide according to, uh, listen, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We're going to have what we need. And by the way, if you look at, because we compare in America, we look at the rich and we have all of these, and now in other countries as well. It's not as prevalent in other countries, but we hear about all of these oligarchs in these other countries who hoard the blessings that we send there, the the upper class people, they have it, but they keep everybody else in subjugation. Uh, So so now you take some of the poorest third world countries and you take some of the poor people that are living in our country, the poverty level in our country, the people that are in the poverty level in our country would be rich compared to some of those people that are living around the world. Amen? Okay, so now let's keep that in in perspective. Being rich doesn't mean that I have a million dollars or a few million dollars in the bank. Oh, and by the way, because inflation is so high, a million dollars won't get you what it used to get you. So, so, so we could get attached to money and to these riches and all this other stuff, but it's fleeting. It's fleeting. But the blessings of God are eternal. They're forever. They do not lose value. Oh my gosh. That is what this is all about. That's this, this blessing that we have through and by Jesus Christ. They're eternal. They're forever. We have them now and forever. Awesome. So now watch. I want to go with me... Please, with me in Mark chapter 16 and verse 16, we'll begin. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Okay, i got to pause here because now, here's Pastor Tony. He who believes and is baptized is saved. If you don't believe, you're condemned. Condemned to what? Hell. See, this is what, Jesus spoke more about hell than heaven. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. When, we, when we're saved, it's not just because we're trying to get away from hell, but thank God we are. Whoever is not a believer in Christ Jesus, will the fate is already sealed. That choice has been made. But God, but God, He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that we would believe on Him and, listen, escape the condemnation that's on the world. Amen? All right, so I'm glad we all understand that. So he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he, I want to pause here for a minute too because I, I'm, I, I know that this is a little sideways. Now, many people have built doctrines and theologies that if you don't get baptized, you can't be saved. That's not necessarily true. We know that the thief on the cross was saved. He didn't get baptized. However, in context... But this basically, when it's talking to people, remember in the Gospels, the audience was Jewish. 
And so now when they're talking about being baptized in the name of Jesus, what they're saying is, you're, you're, listen, you're, no, you're absolutely, positively now identifying with Jesus in his teachings as, right? Jesus is the way. When you come up out of that water, that's signifying that the old person has died, but the new person is raised to live in the newness of life provided by Jesus. Not by the Pharisees, not by the law, not by any of that, but only by Jesus. So keep that in perspective. So now I want to ask you, if you're born again, if you know that you're born again, you're following Jesus, and you haven't been baptized, why not? Why not? Jesus was baptized. You need to be baptized. Consult with God, not with me. In verse 17, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. If I didn't have any other spiritual blessing, that's the one I want. When my children are sick, I want to make sure I can lay my hands on them and have them recover. Or bring them to the elders of the church like we did, Michelle and I did way back when we started our desert journey 40 years ago. But you understand, my brothers and sisters, this, th- when you're a believer in Christ Jesus, you have these advantages. As His child, as God's child, you have all of these blessings that He's told you, all of these promises that He's made you, and now these spiritual blessings that, listen, we don't even have to fear death. We know that death isn't the final say-so for us. Jesus came up out of a tomb. A couple weeks ago, we celebrated Resurrection Sunday. Jesus came up out of that tomb alive. And because, listen... And because this is Jesus speaking in Mark 16. And when he says it, we can absolutely positively believe it. And notice what he did not say there. It's going to die with the early church. These signs shall follow those who believe, not past the first century. These signs shall follow those who believe, only the apostles. These signs shall follow those who believe, only the closest disciples. Uh Uh-uh. These signs shall follow those who believe. Every believer has access to these spiritual gifts and blessings. Every believer. I heard some of you say amen. I hope all of you agree. That's the word of God. That's not the word of Tony. I hope you do check it out later on. Amen? Okay, now I can start my message. Turn with me, if you will. Some of it will be on the board. Some of it won't. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14. Beginning in verse 25. Fourteen twenty-five. Oh, by the way, I made everything red because the fortieth anniversary is the red. It's ruby. It's red. So I looked that up. It's a it's a milestone. In my opinion, it was a a milestone kind of anniversary. So I wanted to you know make it a little bit special. Anybody that puts up with me for forty years, <laughs> they deserve something special. Amen. Hey. <laughs> Okay, so now let's begin in Luke 14, verse 25. Now, great multitudes went with him, Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? I'm going to pause there. I want you to remember something today. Count the cost. Count the cost. And before I proceed, you know, Michelle and I have had many conversations over the past few weeks. I've been under 
serious conviction. And I'll share with you if the Lord allows before this message is over. I mean, we've got we've got to change the way we do things around here in my house everywhere. We got to we got to change. Count the cost. As we go further, we'll see there is a cost. And the, the problem that you know most people have is if the cost is too much or we're not seeing this appreciable gain by what we're investing, it's not worth it. You know, and we could say we believe and we've given our heart and our life, but it's going to cost. And are you ready? So this is what Jesus is saying. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether it has enough to finish it? See, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. We have to finish the race. Verse 29, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all the sea will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. Look at verse 33 with me. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. What if Jesus really meant that? What if he really meant what he just said? He did. It was in red. He meant it. So when we go back and he says, hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, he doesn't mean literally to hate them, to have this bitter animosity toward them. No, willing to give them up. Willing to turn around and walk away that quick to follow him. He means it. Count the cost. So, see, my brothers and sisters, we want all of these blessings. And we are good with having this this miraculous power, this spiritual power, these spiritual manifestations and gifts flowing through us by God. Amen? All of it great, all of it good, all of it necessary. If it wasn't, He wouldn't have provided it. He wants us to have it. He's promised and He means to keep His promise. But there's something, my brothers and sisters, that is required. There's a cost. There's a cost. So so go with me now. Remember, one of the scriptures that we were in in the beginning when I started was Romans 8. Addie, if you'd throw that one up there, please. There you go. See, the first part of that is where we started in 16 and 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Remember, we were just there a little bit ago. But so now look what it says. We're joint heirs with Christ. If, you see that if? means it's conditional. We're joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with Him. Uh Uh-oh. I just heard all of the electronic devices, they just clicked off. If we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. See, my brothers and sisters, here's the, here's the thing. We have all of these spiritual blessings. We have all of these promises of God. And what we've done somewhere along the line here, the church has been 
misled to believe that because God loves you, because you're His kid, and because He's made you all these promises, you sail through this life on earth, and, you know, just, you know, every, no problems, everything's hunky-dory, and if you have a little bit of a problem, you just pray about it, and God waves His magic wand over you, and everything goes away. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. And, and, and let me just say something to you. The Apostle Paul was a huge example to us because he suffered. And in the middle of his sufferings, we studied Philippians together, our Wednesday night group. We studied Philippians together. And don't you remember what he said? You know, when he suffers, his suffering brings him closer to, to Jesus. His, by him suffering, he's more dependent on God. It's the sharing in the fellowship of the suffering. I want to know him better. How do I know him? I know him better by the sufferings. Jesus came to earth, listen, as our Savior. As our Savior, He had to suffer. And so we're called to emulate Him. Listen, the risen Jesus? Yes, the risen Jesus. So now we know that we're going to suffer, but in the end of it, we'll be risen like Him. We know that, listen, He suffered, but in three days He was up out of there. We know, my brothers and sisters, we know that he walked up to a tomb where there was a dead man in there for four days. Not three like him. Four days. Lazarus died. Dead. Stone cold dead. In fact, his sister didn't even want to roll the stone away because it's surely going to stink by now. And that's not meant to be funny. That's meant to be truth. He was in that grave, stone cold dead. Jesus says, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away. And he says, Lazarus had to name him because if he would have said, come forth, if there was any other dead bodies in there, they would all came out. Lazarus, you come forth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, when you had the wrath of God upon you before you became born again and he called you and you went up to that altar and you said, Lord, take my life. Take my life. The death penalty was taken off of you because you had already been dead. When Jesus died on that cross, your debt was paid. You were dead with Him. And that's what the Bible is teaching us. We need to be dead with Christ. But we don't count the cost. See, Jesus is very specific there and He's talking to all of us. All who would follow Him. All who would be His disciples. We have to die to this world. Why am I saying such a basic message to a church of... Most, most of you in here I've known for a long time. Most of you have made your profession of faith. You, you've been following Jesus, I think, uh, for all intents and purposes. As far as I can see, you've been following Jesus. So why would I say this? Because we're not getting it right. I'm, I'm just saying it. We're not getting it right. We're still, not, we're still married to the world and cheating on the world with God. Or you could say it the other way. Either way, we're two-timers. This says, listen that we need to walk away from that and we need to be married to Him. Period. That's it. I want to... Addy, would you put that next slide up for me, please? I, I, you know, I just told you a moment ago, I found out, I, I really, because it's 40 years and I give her a lot of credit for sticking it out, <laughs> I wanted to make sure if there was anything special. So I looked up online and, and, and I found out 40 years is the Ruby anniversary, you know? So I, I knew what I wanted to do, so, but, you know, this is the way Tony operates. Uh, you know, I shop for Michelle, either online, a little bit, doodads, but I usually the last minute, you know, Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve, I'm going out there. I know what I want. I'm just going to go buy some stuff, blah, blah. 
So Tony waited. I knew Saturday, yesterday I was going to go out. I knew I was going to go. I even had Rachel kind of look some stuff up for me. She's texting me, showing me some stuff. So I went right to, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get sued. Or <laughs> so I go to the jewelry store. Now, none of this is anything that I've looked at. But I already, in my mind, I knew what I wanted. And praise God, when I went to the first jewelry store, I saw a, a beautiful necklace and two of them. I wanted something with a heart, and I found two of them that had a heart. There was one that was really nice with some diamond chips. One was kind of a little offset with diamond chips. And they both were beautiful. And it was just what I had in mind. Just what I had in mind. So I fired a picture off to Rachel. Hey, I know what I think. Which one do you think? Because she's more in line with Michelle. Which, what do you like? And she liked the one I like. Praise God. Got it. Hallelujah. So I tell the guy, and he's, oh, this guy is happy. I made his day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend a little bit of money, man. He, I said, listen. I said, just let me do one thing. I said, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to come back and get this. I said, I just want to do a little diligence here. I want to make sure, because, you know, after all, this is an important one for me. I want her to be, I want to just make sure. Oh, no, I understand. I said, what time you close? He said, we're going to be here until whatever time it was. I said, how about you? I want to buy it from you. I'll be here till closing. Okay, I'll come back and see you. Go across the way. So I go across the way. Another, you know how they couple all these jewelry stores in the same place. I go across the way and I start. I said, listen, I, I, it's my 40th wedding anniversary. It's a ruby. Do you have any rubies and all this other stuff? Because I don't have time to walk around the store. So, yeah, come over here. We start looking. And there are some beautiful things. I mean, really beautiful. Uh-oh. I've done it. Now, now how am I going to make up my mind? I gotta, I'm going to be texting Rachel. What? <laughs> Take what am I going to do? And they're beautiful. And so she pulls something out for me. And I see on the tag, it says lab. L-A-B. Lab created. So now, ding, 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 all of this beautiful stuff. I said, let me ask you something. Do you have anything that's authentic? Nothing that's lab created? She said, no, we don't. Oh, boy. So guess what Tony did? Tony got out of that store. He went back to the store that he saw that thing that was so beautiful. And I fell in love with him, and I, it was just what I wanted. The boy, that, as soon as that guy saw me walk in the door, he's... And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, are these, are either one of these lab created? He said, yes, they're, they're both lab created. Uh, so I said, do you have anything here that's not lab created? He had one thing and it was just no way. I mean, it was not what I wanted. So I said, okay, man, thanks anyway. I said, listen, if, if I just run out of choices, I'll come back and see you. But I said, but I, I appreciate your time. I walk across the way. I'll just be honest with you. I visited one, two, three, four, five, maybe six places in the mall. And um, I went to the, uh, this place, and I walk in, and I say to the guy, hey, it's my 40th wedding anniversary. I said, uh, I need a ruby. I want to get my wife something with rubies. I said, I, but it has to be authentic. I don't want anything that's lab-created. Oh, okay. So he walks over by the rubies. And he says, but I got some diamonds over there. Rubies. Yeah, but wouldn't you like this? Who's this for? My wa- I mean, now I'm... St- see, I got a, the, the patience. God is working on me. He's just working on me. The patience. I just said to you. <laughs> so I said, no, I, I need a ruby. It's for my wife. I really would like something that's nice, but it cannot be lab created. It has to be authentic. So, man, I, he shows me this little pl- platform here. and I mean, there's all kind of stuff in there. And I picked out this little pendant. I would have to buy a chain for it. It was, it was really nice. It was, so he shows it to me. And I said, is this lab created? He said, oh, no, no. I said, well, how do I know? No, no, it's not. It's not. But how do I know? 
well, no, 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 it's not. I said, and then I, I looked at it. There was a little mark on it, so I tried to get it off. I said, now, you see this little mark on it? No, 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 we fixed that. We fixed that. Okay. Takes it over to his guy. He, they're talking some kind of language that I don't understand, and it wasn't tongues, I can tell you that. So he's cleaning it off, hands it to me, and it looked better, but it still was a little off. I look at the tag, $3,500. This is a special anniversary, but, I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> And I probably wouldn't mind spending that money, but she would. What's <laughs> <Once> that? <laughs> no. So I said, listen, I still need to know, is this authentic? And besides, is this thir- listen to this now. Is this $3,500? He said, no, three fifty. I said, no, no, no. See the decimal point? No. This says $3,500. Oh. No, three hundred fifty. He says to his friend. They start talking another language. <laughs> He says, $750. I'll give you that for $750. I said, wow, 3500 to seven fifty. That's a huge discount. Oh, yeah, we got a big sale going on today. Okay, let me pause here. Let me pause here. Now watch. And so now listen, I, I didn't plan, as this is happening to me, I'm not thinking about God or the church, but I will tell you this. I said, mm, no, thank you. And I turned around, because when this is going on, man, they, they, something is click, click, this, no, this ain't right. And so I turned and I started walking out. Thank you, Isle. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And the check went off in my heart. Good decision. Something was wrong. And so now this morning, when I was thinking about this message, God just fired that right up. I'm going to blame Holy Spirit. God fired this at me. That's how we operate. The devil is going to show us something that looks good. We can get a deal. Right? We're attracted to it, but we're moved away from the, from the thing that's real. In order to go some, to something that looks better, is more convenient, costs less. Did you hear what I just said? Costs less. But here, let me ask you something. Now, now we could put this into the same category as in the last days with the false teachings. Many people are attracted to the false teachings. And, and it's not Tony saying it, and it's not sour grapes for Tony because I don't have a mega church. No, this is truth. You know how I know it? Because he said it. He said in the last days, people are going to be attracted to not the truth, but to people who are tickling ears. Saying what they want. It doesn't call, Jesus loves you. He's your power. You're better your friend. You can do it. Grace got you. No, listen, listen. It's all about how you feel. and look, that, that all is a distraction. It is a distraction. It's cheap. It doesn't cost you anything. Are you following me? Is this tracking with anybody right now? It's cheap. It's easier. It doesn't cost you as much. Come on. So I gave up. I raised up my hands. I, Rach, I'm going to have to go to one of these standalone jewelry stores and just get choked. <laughs> Tony's not rich. My father owns a cattle on the Thousand Hills, but he hadn't imparted that to me yet. So here we go. She says, she, and Rachel was good. She sent me directions. I, I go to a, this, finally find this jewelry store. I go in there and I explain to the lady, listen, it's my 40th wedding anniversary. I got to have some rubies. But listen, I really, it has to be authentic. I don't want any laboratory created rubies. Oh, no, no, that's, we don't do that. Come here. So I go to the thing and she shows me all this stuff. And man, there was a bracelet in there. I mean, it was just not, oh, it was gorgeous. That would, that would look good wrapped around Michelle's wrist, no doubt about it. So she takes it out, and I'm looking at it, and I said, wow. They said, how much? $4,000. <laughs> well, I said, it's a, it's a special one, but not that special. 
I about choked. It was, I mean, it was, it was a bracelet, right? Then she shows me some of these other things. And, the, and see, if you look at this, that one looks like it should cost more, doesn't it? Right. Look how small that is. I try to keep it in proportion. If you look at the size of the ruby and then what's on it, that one costs, that one costs less. Because this is authentic. That's not, that's fake. Count the cost. I don't want to stand before God one day and find out what I was following was fake. I don't want to follow, I don't want to follow after these things and chase these things. I don't want to start just, okay, I'm going to pay my tithe. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give a little bit here, give a little bit there, and that should do it. And when I stand before God, I paid my... No! No, this is what Jesus is saying in that scripture. In Luke, he's saying, you've got to give everything up. You've got to be willing to walk away from everything. You can't, listen, we're seeking to live more comfortable. We're seeking to have more friends, more likes. We are the most insanely narcissistic era that has ever, I mean, everybody has their own page. Everybody wants to get likes. Everybody, I can't believe it. And we're training our kids in that. And so our young people are judging themselves by how many likes that they have. What? I'm telling you, the only person that has to, the only one that we need to be concerned about is God. Amen. God. Amen. Because when we stand before Him, you might have a, a million likes, and you say, God, look at this. <clears throat> that didn't cost you a thing. Not a thing. Didn't cost you nothing. Man, the hard message, right? Well, it should be because I've got to be honest with you. I don't think that any of us in this room has really grasped this to the nth degree. And certainly by, by, by watching. I, I'm convicted. I'm convicted. As pastor of this church, even in my own life, there are some things that, you know what? There have been times in my life, I think, looking back now, where God has given me, maybe it was God, maybe not. I, I just, I'll know when I stand before Him. I pray that it wasn't, but I pray that He gives me other opportunities if it was. Where I could have walked away from managing golf courses and just walked out in faith and pastored a church. But I couldn't walk away. Why? Because it probably, in my mind and in my, I had to raise my family. I had to, I had to make sure that my, I, so did I trust Him enough to provide? Are you feeling me? See, I'm squealing on myself right now, but let me ask you something. What about in your life right now? Are you satisfied because you have the house, the car, the kids, whatever it is? Or you have this, you have this job, that job, the other job. You're fairly comfortable in your life. You may not be rich, but you're certainly not poor. You have food and you have shelter and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm good. I've had, I've been called, I've been offered opportunity to travel and do other things. I've been offered to go and start a church someplace else, and I didn't. And, and I didn't do it. I, I didn't feel this total conviction to do it, but i got to be honest with you, part of my conviction was based on I can't uproot my family for this and not know. Are you with me? So now some of you may be thinking, oh, well, I don't blame you, Tony. Well, it doesn't matter what you think. And I don't mean that ugly. And I know that there's some of you who love me enough who would feel like, no, you, you did the right thing or whatever. No. 
So we need to each examine ourselves. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? What should we be doing? Are we more worried about what we can gain, how we feel about our situation? What we want, what we want in this life, what we want out of this life? Because it's pretty plain in the Scripture that He says you give up your life. You have to give everything up. To be His disciple, you have to give everything up. Now I know this message is going to fill this church. Well, we know it's not. That's the day and age that we live in. And that's why He said, listen, the road and the path, narrow. Going the other way to destruction, wide. Why? And it's being widened for the people that are going through it. I'm not standing here trying to scare anybody into heaven. What I'm doing is talking to born-again, I think, born-again Christians or people who have made a profession of faith but are still kind of attached to the world. Are you with me? You haven't counted the cost. Listen to me as I read to you. Those of us who have been studying Philippians together, this will be familiar to you. But just listen to me uh, and look it up later. It's Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him, sharing in His death. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So when Paul says, I want to share in his death, is Paul saying, look, look, you know what, maybe it's just better if I commit suicide. No, of course not. Is, is he just, you know, maybe thinking about, turn, just, let me just go ahead and turn myself over to the Romans or to the Jewish hierarchy and just get it over with. Is he, is he talking about that? No, of course not. In fact, we know that Paul said, you know, it's better for him that he goes. But it's better for the church that he stays, so as long as he's here, he's going to be God's minister and not go until God's ready for him to go. Are you with me? So, so, no, he's not talking about neither ending his life short or putting himself, but yet he faced death every day. He faced death every day. There was always circumstances surrounding him of persecution and people wanting him dead. The enemy wants that for any born-again believer, my brothers and sisters. He wants us out of the way. If he can't distract you, then, guess what? He's going to do you as much harm as he can. Because sooner or later, he's out for your destruction. Sooner or later, he's out for your destruction. Now, he can go ahead and keep you fat and happy by doing the bait and switch. Addie, would you put that picture back up there for me? He can go ahead and make you fat and happy by showing you this so you go that way. Right? Distract you. Still, the whole time you go in the church, maybe even coming on Wednesdays to Bible study, you know, your, writing your checks to this charity, that charity, tithing in church, put, all of that, but there's still this shiny thing, this one thing that you cannot give up because it's too near and dear to your heart when Jesus should be the nearest and dearest thing to your heart. I didn't say that. He did. We read it. When he said, you've got, to be, you've got to hate your mother, father, brother, sister, what he's saying is not literally hate them, you've got to love me more than everything else. You've got to be willing to give up everything else, even your own life, 
if you're going to be my disciple. So go ahead and count the cost. Have we counted the cost? Have we counted the cost? Hallelujah. This is what Paul is talking about. Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Did you hear what he just said? The world is dead to me and I'm dead to the world. The world is not my home. It's not my place. It's not what I'm aspiring to. It's not what I'm trying to gain. Remember what Jesus said. What good is it if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? My brothers and sisters, I don't want to beat anybody up. But I got to tell you, in studying Timothy and by myself and then with the group and, and now really getting hammered here, I really believe Holy Spirit is definitely ministering to me. We're, I'm, I've already set up a, a meeting with another minister. We're going to do some things different, I think. I'm going to try my best to do things different. Uh, we're going to minister in the street. I'm, I'm going to open the doors to this church. Someday my vision is to open the doors to this church and have a soup kitchen here. I need help. I need help. I know some of you live far away. My kids work. Everybody works. Everybody's, there's people that live far away. But let me ask you, what's more important? And if God is leading you in something, now um, Luke and Anita have a mighty ministry that God is birthing and they're working and all that. I hope that someday we could sow into that and help them, not just with money. With money, yeah. But not just with money, but with bodies. With people willing to go ahead and do something. Give of your time. Well, I'm so busy. Everybody's busy. That's, listen, that's what the enemy did even in the beginning. Yes. Distract and keep you busy. Distract and keep you busy. Listen, the enemy of our soul through Pharaoh had the Israelis so burdened and just beat down. I mean, they were just building all of their buildings and being their slaves and had them beat down. They had to remember who they were in Jesus, who, who they were in God. They had to remember that they were God's people. So he sent Moses to them to tell them, Thus saith the Lord, you're going to come into the wilderness and start worshiping me. Come on. Not being, listen, not being satisfied because you have meal, you have a roof over your head, you have some shelter, you have some food. So, so what happens? They go out into the desert, times start to get a little bit hard, we need to go back there. Why? Because at least we had food. My brothers and sisters, the Christian church, especially the people that are in this church or the people that are at least not worrying about where your next meal comes from, shame on us. Shame on us. Because we've been distracted. I, me personally, I'm going to talk to me personally. I've been distracted. I've gotten a little bit comfortable. No more. No more. When we're raising our kids, if our kids don't know the difference between what a Christian household looks like and what everybody else looks like, shame. Shame. Come on. If they don't see the difference between how we operate and how the rest of the world operates, shame. Does that mean our kids are going to be perfect angels? Of course not. Doesn't mean they won't. But here's what happens. Raise your kids up in the way they should go. And when they get older, they won't depart. Come on. You may have to wait it out a little bit, mom, dad. But here's the thing. 
Remember, spiritually, if you're a follower of Jesus, if Jesus, if God is the most important thing to you, you're not going to have to depend on this, that, the other thing. You know what you can do? You get on your knees and you say, God, please help my child. God, please protect them, guide them, guard them. Lord, please, you said believe on you and I'll be saved and my whole house will be saved. Lord, please, save my kid. That's what you can do when you're a follower of Jesus Christ and Him and Him alone. You're not distracted with the things of the world. You're not determined on giving them some things to keep them interested. We don't have to change the way we do church anymore so young people will come and they maybe get the Word of God, but it's all about how good we can flash music, how good we can flash... No, it's about the Word of God. I wonder what they did in the first century. What did they do with the kids? Do you, do, you think, do you think that when they had house churches and stuff, they sent the kids off into another room, hey, let's go with Miss Michelle or Miss D. And we'll, no, the kids were there. They heard the word being preached, taught. They saw the prayers. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah, but Tony, that was a different culture, a different time. I'm tired of hearing things like that. It worked then, it'll work now. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't change. Who did? Listen, we got comfortable. I, I, we got comfortable. I'm, you know what? I am so sick and tired of hearing... Listen, listen to this now. And this is true. Some of you in this room know this is true. The underground church in China is growing. The underground church in Iran is growing in leaps and bounds. You know what? They're, they laugh and they're happy. I've heard testimonies when they're being shot at. And they're being hunted. We should be ashamed. They're doing it, and if they're found out, they go to jail or they go put into an interim camp or they're just killed. Either way, they're done. But here's the, here's the thing. They're not married to this world. See, for them, you can say, well, you know, for them, they're living in a totalitarian regime. It's very oppressive and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So what should we do then? Should we pray that the United States becomes communist and Christianity gets outlawed? It's going to happen. You might as well... It's going to happen. Eventually. It's coming. So here's my problem with this. We know that it's going to happen. I want your kids, my kids, all kids that are involved in your home, my home, our neighbor's home, I want them to understand something. I want them to know the truth. I want them to be empowered by Holy Spirit so when that stuff starts happening, they recognize it for what it is and they don't sell out. How can they not... Addy, put that back up. How could they not when we're selling out? We're selling out. As long as we have the comforts, as long as we have what we need, quote-unquote, we're, we're okay. When Jesus says, no, 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 you've got to give all that up. You've got to be willing to walk away from that. Now, am I saying to you, my brothers, my sisters, my children, you know what, you need to sell everything you got and go to, the, uh, go to Africa with Brother Chuck? No. I'm not saying that. I'm saying be led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe you should do that. Maybe you should. Maybe you should walk away from whatever it is that's got your time and attention right now that's keeping your focus off of God. Maybe this message is for you. 
Maybe God is telling you something. This thing has gotten so much of your time. This thing has drawn you away. You justified it because this is where you get the money to tithe to the church or to give to this or to give to that. But when in fact, listen, your kids spell love, T-I-M-E, and so does God, T-I-M-E. How much time are we spending with God versus how much time we're spending doing everything else? Hard message, huh? No. 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 Ephesians 3. Just bear with me. I'm going to read it. Mark it down. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. You see what he's saying? He's the Father of all. It begins and ends with him that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Stop worrying about the outer man so much. You've got to nail this to the cross. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comp- comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. We can't understand humanly the depth of the love of Christ. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Did you hear that? That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't care how many lottery tickets you, you, you have, the numbers, the, the, the winning numbers. I don't care how much money you could, could, could pile up. I don't care how many houses. I don't care how many, what the riches that you can pile up. What could compare with all the fullness of God? What could compare? Nothing. All the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be all the glory in the church by Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. That's verse 20. Hallelujah. 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 More of Tony needs to be nailed to the cross. More of Tony needs to die so that Christ may live through me. Tony needs to be willing to to walk away from some of these things that I've been comfortable with, the things that have made me comfortable. Amen? How about you? I want to do something here a little bit different. I only got a couple of young people in here. Can the young people come forward, please? Addie? Thank you, young man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you can stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. Do whatever. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Stretch your hand to these young people. Stretch your hand. And if there's any young people that are still watching, if you're a parent of a young person, let's pray this prayer. Amen? But first I want to address you. Okay. I appreciate you. We don't always get it right. We don't always get it right. We make mistakes sometimes. But the God that we love and the God we serve, He's always right. And this is always true. Okay. Follow this. Don't be distracted. You're going to have friends. You want friends. You want to be well liked. You want to be received. You want to do well. You want to have money. You want to have things. You want to... All of those things someday will pass away. This will never pass away. Ever. Ever. Amen? Amen. So, what am I saying? Give your heart to Christ. Follow Christ. Follow Christ with everything that you are and everything you have. Follow Christ. 
You will get what you need. And you're going to have to, listen, like me, like us, you're going to have to suffer some things. There are going to be some people who just don't want to be bothered with you. There are going to be some people that criticize you. There are going to be places that you're not going to be welcome. Oh, well. You're always welcome. Always welcome. And then you have a bunch of people in this room, and there are many, many young people like yourselves that are really fighting the fight of faith. So, let's grab hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you right now. Father, and I pray that each of these young people in this circle, and Father, any who are listening, and any who may be associated with this congregation or have heard this message, anyone, Father, we lift them up to you. Father, we ask your blessing upon them. Father, we ask that you would, Father, that they would seek you with their whole hearts. Father, that they would come to understand, Father, even beyond their age, Father, grant them wisdom. Father, forgive us for maybe not doing everything as we should. But Father, in Jesus' name, I still know that you are able, more than able, to go past all of that and have these young people filled with wisdom, your spirit, and have them seeking the life of Christ. Father, let the world be distasteful to them. Father, let the things of this world, that, let it repulse them. Father, let them see with their spiritual eyes at early ages the trueness, the true riches that are in Christ Jesus. And let them not be, let them not be distracted Let them not turn to the right or to the left, but let them follow the true riches that are in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you love them more than we do. You died for them. I didn't. But Lord, you know how much we love them. So Lord, bless them. Keep them. Protect them. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. You can be seated. Thank you, kids. And thank you, parents. Okay. I wonder if there's anybody, and I'm not playing, I'm not playing. Is there anybody in this room, you want to pray together because you know, you know. You need to kill something. You know it. Come on up here and let's pray about it. I'm, I'm praying for me with you. You mean to tell me there's nobody in this room I'm shocked. Everybody in this room, you have it all together. Come on up here. Yeah, listen, you might as well be honest. You, you might, listen, this is an opportunity. I'm not trying to coerce you, twist your arms. I'm just asking you, what's keeping you? What's distracting you? What are you not willing to give up? How come you're not willing to give... Are you willing to give up your life for Christ? Are you willing to go ahead and die to the world? And have the world dead to you. Are you willing? Because let me, let, me, let me remind you what we just said. What he's just told us. If you're not, you're not his disciple. <laughs> aren't, you go, aren't you so glad you came? And aren't you going to go invite so many people back to this church next week? My brothers and sisters, I don't want you just coming here and having a feel-good message going out there and then maybe roll the dice so when you stand in front of him you may make it in. No. I want you to hear the sound of the trumpet. I want you to know when that trumpet sounds, you're gone. Amen? And if, your soul, and if your body dies before he splits the sky, then listen, I want you to know that you know that you know. To be absent from your body 
You'll be present with the Lord. I want that for you. I want that for me. And this is the way you get there. Amen? So God, here we are. Standing, sitting, kneeling before you. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for being comfortable in certain areas of our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for not being willing to turn our back on certain things. Or being selective, Lord. Lord, help us to no longer be ruled by the lusts of our flesh. No longer be ruled by these appetites that we have. No longer ruled by trying to impress people. Lord, by your Holy Spirit, touch us fresh, new. Kindle a fire in us, Lord, that from now and forward we burn off all of those things, Father, that are distractions to us. We walk away from them. We die to them and they die to us. All of these things, that, Father, regardless of what they are, reveal it to us in our hearts, Lord. Reveal it to us so that, Lord, we know that we know. It may be hard. It may cost us something. But you told us we need to count the cost. So, Lord, help us now to count the cost. And help us, Lord, to finish the race. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for the the, the people that have come to this altar who are not afraid. I thank you for those who are praying uh, at the altars in their hearts. I pray for those people that are praying, that are hearing or seeing this online. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you for meeting us where we are. Thank you for being our dad, our father who's not far away, our father who is right near, who has affection for us, who we can have affection for, who when we do make the mistake, we could come to you. Abba, Father, forgive me. And now, Lord, help us, strengthen us, guide us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you for, listen, for coming forward. And if you couldn't come forward, God bless you. God heard your prayer. But now we need to do something about it. You may be seated. We need to do something about it. We need to do something. What are you going to do? Definitely not do the same things that we've been doing. Let God minister to you. you Ask God. Ask God. Is this where I need to be? Is this where I should go? He will tell you. Ask God, what's next for me? What do you want me to do? I'm telling you, in the days ahead, my brothers, my sisters, in the days or weeks ahead, if God is leading you to something, to help if we open up this church and do a soup kitchen style, or where he's, he's leading you in another area, there's something else that the Lord has laid on your heart, another ministry to serve in the community. We're, I'm, I'm telling you, please, please, Pray, ask the Lord to lead and guide you. And if there's anything that He's laid on your heart, please bring it to us, to me and Michelle, so that, so that we can go ahead and, and maybe this is the place that we're going to empower you to do it or God is going to empower you through us to do it, either for, through the finances or teaming up with you in prayer or whatever the case may be. Please, don't let another day, week, month go by if the Lord has placed something on your heart a ministry, something that's near... Please bring it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm going to guarantee you it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you time. That, that I can guarantee. So ask yourself, is he worth it? Amen. Stand with me, please.